Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. What I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in, Monday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Hopefully you had a great weekend. The weather was nice, but boy, it was hot. I was outside a lot this weekend. It was a frying type situation. Uh, Really, really hot. But hopefully you made it through the heat. Otherwise, had a good weekend. Now we dig in for a full week of this program, live in the 11 o'clock hour. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers. Of course, IU football, uh, more so on the docket now than what it was, at least for me, before last week because we had Big Ten media days in Indianapolis. Got to hear a lot from Coach Allen and some of the players and the media giving their thoughts on the Big Ten conference this year. So we'll talk a little bit of IU football today and work that into our agenda more and more as we inch closer to the start of college football. And, you know, we're a day away from August 1st, so we're a month away, essentially, from the start of the college football season. Some of the very, very early games, and then you get into the full slate a week or two later. But it'll be here, and again, I always say this, but the good news is when we get to the fall sports season, when we get to college football and high school football, it's great, it's fun, it's more to talk about, uh, it's it's great, but it also means basketball is that much closer. And once we get in to the school year, boy, things seem to roll quick. And before you know it, it is basketball season. Uh, and really the NBA in October, college in November, high school really gets ramped up late November, early December. And then it's just madness through the end of March, the first few weeks of April. Just a fun, fun time. It's really the only thing that helps us get through the winter, I think, here in this area. But uh, it'll all be here before you know it. College football, I'm excited. Not as much about IU maybe as I am the Big Ten and some of the big college football games early in the season. I was looking at that schedule over the weekend. But uh, college football will be here before you know it. Let's look at the lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, we'll have lots of news and notes and headlines coming out of the weekend. We'll talk about IU football. We'll talk about some things Mike Woodson had to say about the roster for next season. Uh, We'll get into some recruiting stuff related to IU basketball. The Ville in the TBT, the Million Dollar Tournament, they got uh, beat on Saturday in a heartbreaking fashion in front of their home crowd at Freedom Hall. We'll talk more about that and the hope for the future of an IU and other local colleges as well, but an IU alumni team in the TBT for next year would be great. Uh, It would fill a void. I've mentioned it a lot here during this uh, slow time of sports and basketball, but the Ville, I thought they really had a chance to win the Louisville Regional 
I didn't realize if they had won Saturday, they host the next round. I guess, I don't know if it's called a second round or a Sweet 16 game. Uh, then they would move on to Philadelphia, where the million-dollar uh, finals, the Final Four and championship game will be played. So they were really close to winning the regional. We'll recap that and talk more about the TBT, which I think is outstanding. The Elam ending, I just love it. It's a lot of fun. So uh, that's segment one. Later in the show, Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star will be with us. Uh, Zach will join us as we talk IU basketball and football and more. And then in the final segment today, we're going to turn the attention to high school football because we are approaching uh, just a few weeks away of scrimmages and then the start of the regular season. So it's going to be here before you know it. We'll recap some of that, or I should say preview some of that coming up here later in the show today. That's the lineup, the service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you're looking for an icy, cold thirst quencher, to keep your day going in the right direction. Right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. And again, the number 502-414-1450. We get some text. It's slower for sure this time of year, but we'd love to hear from you. Love to get your uh, questions, your comments, topics you'd like us to bring up. Uh, somebody texted me at the start of the show and said, will Romeo be back in the NBA? Does not look like he has signed with anyone yet. I sure hope he gets another opportunity. I agree. I think, I don't know this, but I think he'll get an opportunity uh, to go to a training camp. You would think that somebody would pick him up as a body and give him a chance from there. Could he be a two-way guy? Could he be a G League guy? Could he go overseas if the NBA permanent opportunity for this season doesn't exist? I would think that he has a long career of basketball at a high level ahead of him. We just don't know right now if it's in the NBA or not. So it's, we'll know more. Training camps start, I think, what, September, late September, definitely uh, I think maybe even early September. I don't know the NBA calendar as well as I know uh, the college calendar, but they get started sooner rather than later. So I got to believe that we'll see somebody give him a chance to go through training camp as a body and work out and help uh, you know get things ready. But who knows? We'll see how things play out for Romeo Langford. Would love to see him get the opportunity to uh, pl to uh, play in the NBA another few seasons, that's for sure. Um, okay, let's get into some headlines for the day. First and foremost, Mike Woodson uh, said over the weekend or late last week that Indiana still looking at potential transfer additions for the upcoming season. Indiana has one scholarship opening remaining, and uh, we'll see what Indiana does. But uh, Indiana still looking in the, the uh, portal. Uh, he told the Hoosier Hysterics podcast, and he alluded to the fact that if the right situation was there, that Indiana would add another body for next season. So given how things play out now with transfers and just college basketball as a whole, late coaching changes, other issues that come up, you never know who could be available. So could Indiana add someone? I think the thought we had had on this show was unlikely but possible, and hearing Coach Woodson make some of the comments he did on the podcast 
recently makes you wonder if uh, maybe Indiana will not add somebody or look to add somebody. Uh, they're definitely available players, but do they fit what Indiana needs uh, and their roster make up for the upcoming season? Indiana has had some late additions because of coaching changes and just different things that have happened over the years, but uh, I don't think any this late. I'm not ever aware that I can think of an addition of a player you know, in the month of August or after. I could be wrong on that, but Indiana has had some late things happen in July before uh, for the upcoming season. So late, late additions for the roster that miss out on a lot of the summer workouts and opportunities out there, but nothing um, this late that I can recall. So we'll see how that plays out. Also, an IU recruiting note, uh, two five-star players at, down at Montverde Academy in Florida uh, an elite-level high school program that plays a national schedule. Liam McNeely and Derek Queen, they both have set official visits to Indiana on the same weekend in September. They're going to be in Bloomington September 8th, 9th, and 10th, according to different reports that are out there. And I believe the last time that those guys were on the IU campus, they came together a year ago in September for a football game weekend, if my memory serves correctly. So McNeely has a top six of Oklahoma, Kansas, Indiana, Alabama, Texas, and Michigan. And Queen, he's got all sorts of interest, lots of scholarship offers. He has not narrowed his list or made any kind of list-cut announcement at this point, but Maryland is seen as a top contender for him. And I think maybe behind Maryland, Indiana's up there because of the longevity that they have recruited him. So Queen is a really good prospect, uh, the center in the 2024 class. And guess who probably the only center is in the national rankings ahead of Derek Queen? It's Flory Badunga, who's at Kokomo, who Indiana recently missed out on. So we'll see also where Badunga picks. I think there's a thought that here in the next week or so, maybe he'll make his decision between Kansas, Duke, Michigan, and Auburn. But uh, that will be interesting to see uh, for sure how things go there. But two really key players or recruits or targets, Queen and McNeely, back to Indiana in September. They'll do it together and at some point, you do have to wonder, you know, high school teammates at Montverde, they've made some visits together, they've played together at times in the summer, do they become a package deal? Are they looking to both go to the same spot? Obviously, Queen is center, they don't play the same position, so it's not like they're going to face each other for playing time, but you do wonder maybe if there is a chance that they uh, would go to the same place. I'll tell you what, picking up two of those guys uh, in the same class would be a huge recruiting class for Indiana. A couple IU football notes. Interesting to hear Tom Allen at Big Ten Football Media Days. He talked a lot about uh, All-American Jalen Lucas and uh, about how he was able to keep him at Indiana. There was even a mention of tampering in the transfer portal, which is something you hear about more and more often where coaches are able to uh, make contact with players or there's some things that are kind of predetermined when somebody leaves their existing school. It was interesting to hear Allen talk through the uh, whole process with Lucas and what he thinks his role on the team could be this season. Um, talked a lot about NIL and how that uh, played into things. He also, as I mentioned, touched on tampering in college sports, especially football, and how coaches have to really uh, work two and three steps ahead on the portal and recruiting because of how uh, things are these days. And it's not just football, it's basketball and baseball 
in other sports as well. He said, quote, so the season ended. This just shows you how things have changed. As soon as we were done, I made a home visit to his house. He was talking about Jalen Lucas. Uh, he continued to say, because I knew how special he was, I went down to Louisiana. I flew down there, met with his parents. I mean, usually you do that for recruits. You do home visits when you're recruiting. Well, we had to make sure that he knew we were going to do a great job of helping him be rewarded for his performance, end quote. Now, that is really interesting to me because – we're talking about the head coach of a college football program that just went through a freshman season with Jalen Lucas, who got lots of playing time, lots of opportunity. And as soon as the season ended, instead of just focusing on recruiting or off-season development or some staff changes that Coach Allen went through this year, it's changed so much with the portal and NIL that he went and had basically an in-home visit with an existing player on his roster. That is just a new reality that we're in, in college football and college basketball especially. Uh, but that was interesting. One other thing, this has nothing to do with the upcoming season, but it was interesting to hear Coach Allen talk about changes in the Big Ten, the addition of UCLA and USC coming in 2024. And I know those are big programs. I know those offer some travel issues as well. Uh, and obviously USC, especially coming in a big football powerhouse, doesn't make it any better for Indiana, who I hate to say is a bottom feeder, but they're just never really even in the middle pack of football in the Big Ten Conference. But it is interesting to think about. He makes a great point. Indiana's schedule will be completely different. It's going to bring equity, is the word Coach Allen used, to Big Ten football scheduling because the Hoosiers won't have to face Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State every single season beginning in 2024. So it really, for Indiana, I know USC's tough. UCLA is no cakewalk. Again, travel, the West Coast, this conference is becoming a national conference. I think we all believe it's going to be a super conference and continue to grow. But with that said, it is, uh, it is definitely – uh, going to help make the schedule a little better. That Big Ten East for Indiana, where they are picked last this season by the media, it is so tough. And you know every year after you get through your non-conference games, you've got Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State every single season. And it's hard for a program like Indiana. There are many others in the Big Ten as well. It's hard for them to get bowl eligible. You're counting on winning all of your non-conference games. Uh, you're counting on winning some Big Ten games if it doesn't involve the Buckeyes, the Wolverines, or Penn State. That's five of your ten regular season games. So uh, it should, in some ways, help Indiana, as odd as that may sound by the addition of a couple West Coast schools. But it, with the season just around the corner, it was interested to hear, interesting to hear Coach Allen share his thoughts on that. Uh, that is for sure. The Ville and the TBT over at Freedom Hall, they lost 64-62 Saturday afternoon at the uh, regional championship game. And it's a heartbreaker because there was so much fanfare. The city of Louisville really getting behind the Louisville alumni team. Had they won Saturday, they would have been able to host the next round, a one-game deal, before maybe moving on to Philadelphia uh, to go down the final stretch and play for $1 million. So uh, the crazy thing about the game, the Elam ending, when things got under the four-minute mark of the fourth quarter uh, on that first whistle and the Elam ending went into effect, 
when you add eight points, the target score was 64. Uh, of course, uh, the uh, Louisville team lost to the Gutter Cats, 64-62. But Louisville uh, was right there at the target score, but just for a number of, of possessions, uh, I think at least six different opportunities I saw to win the game, uh, but missed those last-second shot scenarios given how an Elam ending allows games to finish. Uh, the Ville also was 12 of 25 from the free throw line and shot only 3 of 18 from the long ball. So a uh, tough way to finish what was a really good week for Louisville for that regional. We had John Mugar on from the TBT, the founder and CEO. He was in Louisville. I think Louisville definitely submitted its uh, location as a regional uh, for future summers in the TBT. I think a lot of that Depends, depends on a Ville team coming back as an alumni operation to help drive the fanfare and ticket sales. But uh, definitely, uh, what a lot of fun. Some good basketball, even in the games not involving the Ville. It was high-level basketball with a lot of overseas pros, a lot of big names in college basketball of yesteryear. Uh, let's hope that Louisville Regional exists. I love Freedom Hall, the history of it. Let's hope next year there's an Indiana, a Kentucky team there. Maybe the Purdue team could be placed in the Freedom Hall Regional. Uh, I think you could easily get to eight, ten thousand 10,000 people. They, in that first round game, almost got to 6,000. Uh, but you add those other fan bases in, in a time where basketball is slow, when the NBA Summer League is wrapping up and there's not much else going on, I think it has a real opportunity to be successful. So we'll see how things go, but uh, definitely TBT was fun. Had a chance to get over there one day last week. Great crowd, great environment. Indiana has to have an alumni team next season. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back with Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star. We'll talk the very latest on IU basketball, this open roster spot. Mike Woodson saying Indiana's still looking. Who could some of the options be for the Hoosiers? And we'll get Zach's thoughts on IU football coming out of Big Ten Media Days as well. Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. I mean, I Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this uh, Monday edition of the program. Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. I should mention today is the first official day of fall sports practices. So uh, not just football getting into official practices today, but lots of other sports as well, which means we're just a week and a half or so away from some of the early fall sports games, volleyball, football, 
golf, cross country. You've got other things here in this fall season uh, that uh, help get us ready for the return of high school sports with a lot of schools but getting back in session last week and this week. Also, I had a text about the New Albany boys basketball job. There is a special school board meeting that has been set for 4 o'clock today where New Albany's uh, next coach is on the agenda. We believe tonight a name will be uh, brought to the school board and potentially approved, so it's uh, likely that New Albany has uh, finally a replacement for Jim Shannon coming up here a little bit later today. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star with me on Mondays to talk IU basketball, football, and more. And Zach, I want to start with basketball. Mike Woodson on a podcast last week with the Hoosier Hysterics kind of led, uh, based on what he said, led us to believe that Indiana is still open to adding someone with this open scholarship spot on the roster for the upcoming season. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that should be surprising. I think Indiana had um, uh, a transfer guard from Air Force named Jordan Rayford on campus. It kind of went under the radar a little bit. Um, this was within the last couple of weeks. I think some people spotted him kind of doing the, I want to say they went to Uptown Cafe, which I know is one of Woodson's favorite uh, restaurants in town. Um, just kind of doing the, you know, the whole staff wine and dine thing. Rayford, I don't really know much about. I'll admit he... I don't believe he was ranked out of high school. Uh, he went to Air Force. He sat out last season with a shoulder injury and then entered the portal. Uh, it's not really clear if Indiana's offered him or, um, you know, exactly where that stands. Obviously, you can bring guys on visits and not necessarily offer them a committal scholarship. Um, you can also, I guess, in theory, bring guys on visits to be walk-ons. You know, that, that's always possible, too. Um, more of the other, you know, it's, it's, you know, especially in this day and age, it shouldn't be surprising, you know, that, that you can, that a team's still kind of open to adding. Obviously, you've got the portal. And even if we didn't have the portal to talk about, you know, Race Thompson was a very late addition as a reclassification. I want to say like July, maybe mid July, maybe like July 15th, July 20th, somewhere in there. I want to say it was when he committed. Um, Indiana fans will remember Emmett Holt, who. Joined the Hoosiers, I think, if I'm not mistaken, uh, after their uh, Miami, or not Miami, uh, March Foreign Tour in 2014. The point is, um, it, it's not necessarily common to see guys, you know, added this late in the calendar, but it's it's not unheard of. And forgive me, the year was a late add to the pit transfer. So the point is, it's not surprising, you know, to, to, to hear that Indiana would still be open to adding the right player. I think, you know, I think you're probably though. Uh, number one, obviously, you're shopping from a, a you know, a, a talent pool that's been narrowed down pretty considerably, just by the, uh, the nature of things. And number two, you're probably being more selective because, you know, if you're Woodson, if you're Mike Woodson, you've already you know, had time with your team. You've had a whole summer's worth of workouts. Those wrapped up last week. Um, you've been able to work through, you know, how some guys are going to fit together, maybe some early thoughts on rotations and roles. And on the one hand, that might give Woodson a better sense of what he feels like he's missing in terms of what he, you know, in terms of him looking at his team and maybe saying, if I could add something, I would love for it to be X or Y or Z. But on the other hand, um, the other piece of it too is, 
because he's had the time to work through with his team and really start to build his idea, he probably doesn't want to tear it all, you know, just bring in sort of any old player and have to tear a big part of the, uh, a big, you know, a bunch of pages out and start over. So I, I'm not surprised that Indiana is still open to adding. Um, but I would imagine it's, it's obviously a much more selective process at this point. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star joining us. I know the transfer portal is still in existence, even this late into the summer, into the off season. Are there a couple candidates potentially that come to mind, or anyone that's been connected to Indiana through uh, this for this last scholarship spot potentially? Not a ton. I mean, I mentioned Rayford, um, and you know, most most everybody else has, has kind of found a home by this point. Again, not not everybody. Um, and that's why you're still going to see, you know, maybe a few of these names crop up here and there. Um, but it has been pretty quiet. And the other thing that's worth saying, too, is, you know, it's um, number one, obviously, the staff was very, was, was, you know, heavily occupied in July in terms of when you could have gotten somebody on campus and had them for a visit with the staff there and been able to roll out the red carpet and all that. Um and number two, um, you know, obviously you don't have a ton of time, but you always have this little window here if you are interested in bringing somebody in. I don't believe it's a dead period for transfers. Um, to be honest, I didn't study the transfer calendar that deep into the, the annual calendar because, you know, I just sort of figured we'd be done by now. We'd be done talking about it by now. But, um you know, if, if I'm not mistaken, we're not in the dead period. Transfers could visit campus if they wanted to, um, or at least they could very soon if they wanted to. And it would make a little more sense to try and build that into this part of the calendar than sometime in July when you've got coaches hither, hither, and yon, obviously, at AAU tournaments and things like that. But, uh, you know, it's, listen, this is also to some extent probably one of those things that we're just everybody's probably sort of figuring this out together. You understand what I'm saying? There's, there is an extent to which this is, um, this is all just kind of the newness of, you know, the fact that your your roster could undergo such flux. And you know, I mean, ten years ago, when Indiana won the Big Ten, it lost seven players off the roster that that won Tom Crean's first Big Ten title, and it brought more new players in than it returned. Uh, players from the previous season, and that felt like a system shock. And, it, and frankly, it was. I mean, if you look at the way that season unfolded, you know that that it, it was a it was something very um, unusual. And ten years later, I'm not saying everybody should turn over half their roster every single year, but ten years later, it seems a lot less abnormal and and a lot more just sort of part of the the nature of doing business in, in modern college basketball. So we're, we're still kind of figuring some of this out just sort of as we go along a little bit too. Talking with Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star. Zach, one other headline I mentioned earlier, this is a recruiting headline that Liam McNeely and Derek Queen, two really key targets for Indiana in the 2024 recruiting class. They both play at Montverde. They visited Indiana, I believe, last September together for a football home weekend and it was announced recently they're going to come back together to Bloomington for official visits uh, September 8th through the 10th. Is there any chance that these guys are a package deal for 
uh, a college when they make their choice? Or are these just two high school buddies that like traveling together and playing some hoops with each other? And if they, you know, play together in college, great. If they don't, no big deal. Any idea on is there a real connection between the two? I don't know that there's a, you know, I mean, the, the package deal I always think of is the, the Tyus Jones, Justice Winslow, Julie Logan first thing, you know, where there was three guys from different teams, different parts of the country, but they grown so close together, they sort of made it known, we're all, we all want to play together in college, and of course they wound up at Duke. I don't think there's anything, I, I have not heard anything like that. Um, now, I do think when you get teammates who are not only being recruited by the same school, and they're both high-level recruits, it should be said, you know, recruits with, with probably similar levels of ambition, both in terms of what they want out of their college careers, and also the kind of program, the kind of team they want to join, if you understand what I'm saying. Um, you know, if you get two teammates on the radar at the same time and they visit together, that certainly at least suggests there's a, there's a level of, of, you know, sort of um, there is a, a certain level of, um, you know, sort of tightness or, or friendship or whatever, whatever term you want to use, I guess. Um, I just I haven't heard anything about that as a, a true sort of like, well, you know, if you get one of us, you get both of us, we're a package deal kind of thing. But then there's also, you know, just generally, there's also the Montverde connection. You know, Indiana has done a really good job building bridges with that program, which makes perfect sense. It's one of the best programs in the country, if not the best, um, from a, a prep perspective. And you've got Jalen Hushatini, we've got Malik Renew. I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Indiana added a, a preferred walk-on from uh, Montverde Academy as a freshman this year as well. Um, and, you know, if you look at Indiana's 2025 recruiting efforts, there's Montverde Academy players in 2025, Indiana wants to. It's clear that, that, that whatever connections, whatever ties Indiana's got to Montverde um, are very strong. And so it could be something where maybe you're almost kind of selling two guys at once. I just don't know that it's necessarily something where they've communicated, at least to, to, to my knowledge, um, that it's sort of if you get one, you get both because we're going, to, you know, wherever we're going, we're going together. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star. Zach, let's get into a little football before we let you go. Last week, Big Ten football media days, so we got to hear a lot from Coach Allen and uh, some of the players as well. Really interesting what he had to say about Jalen Lucas. Uh, obviously, he had a lot of interesting stuff to say as he normally does, but he took a basically a home visit to Jalen Lucas's family down in Louisiana shortly after last season came to a conclusion. Now, this is a guy that was currently in his program, on his roster, to reassure him his future with IU football and NIL opportunities and other things that were, would exist to help him. That just underscores how greatly things have changed in college recruiting with the transfer portal, the whole process you've got to, year after year, recruit your own that you want to retain. Yeah, and, you know, listen, I, this is one of those things where I, I kind of vacillate back and forth. On the one hand, you hear a lot of coaches say the calendar's just getting too packed. We don't have time for all this. You know, you, you already expect us to be out on the road all through November and December recruiting high school kids, closing up our, our high school signing classes. Now, all of a sudden, we've got to figure out the portal, too, and we've got to go recruit our own guys. You know what I mean? You said time out. That wasn't, that wasn't just sitting down with Jalen Lucas in his office. That was flying to his home in Louisiana and, and you know, sitting down with his family and, and offering them assurances of the kinds of opportunities he'd have in Indiana 
Um, and I get why, on the one hand, I get why coaches say some of that stuff. On the other hand, you know, you sort of hear that from every coach. You hear the tampering complaints from coaches. And Tom Allen really wasn't, I mean, he wasn't complaining about tampering any more than I've ever heard anybody else do it. But just as a general block, you hear coaches complain so much about tampering now, and it's sort of like, it's one of those things where it's sort of like everybody's complaining about it, but everybody's probably also doing it to some extent. And so I, I don't know what the perfect solutions are to this. I know there are some, there's some pretty intensive talk about um, reforming pieces of the, the, the basketball side of the portal and trying to trying to make the whole, basically make the way the, the, the spring portal window fits into um, – the, the wider sort of spring-summer calendar a little bit more manageable for programs. We'll see what, what comes of that. But, I mean, you're right. It, it, for the moment, anyway, this is just kind of, you know, the reality. And I thought it was actually admirable, frankly, of Tom Allen to, to talk so publicly about that and to just sort of, you know, he wasn't – and, again, like, if, if, if I mean, I was standing there when he was talking about this. He wasn't complaining. Um, at least he certainly wasn't sort of – adopting a whining tone just you know he wasn't throwing all kinds of you know sort of uh passive messages out there saying oh i know who you know he, he said i know jalen had offers but he wasn't saying oh i know coaches were calling him and i'm you know i i, I called the ncaa whatever it was just he was sort of presenting it as listen this is just reality now and this is what we've got to do and i thought it was actually kind of admirable for to hear a coach particularly in a program, and I'm not trying to pick on Indiana, but, like, there's obviously a great extent to which Nick Saban won't have to do this very often. That's, that's just that, you know, the hierarchies that exist in college football that have existed for 50 programs, though there are a lot more programs, and not just the Indiana. There's, I mean, there's, frankly, most programs in college football that are going to have to figure out how to navigate this issue because, you're going to have a Desan McCullough, who was one of the best freshmen in the Big Ten last season, and you know he he wound up transferring to Oklahoma. You're going to have an AJ Barner, who's struggled with his health, but when he's healthy, is one of the better tight ends in the conference. When he moved on to Michigan, you're not going to necessarily get every kid to stay. And you know Tom Allen said you you, you take the, you take it personal when those kids leave, not because you're mad at the kid or. Because, you know, even to some extent, you're mad at the other team. It's, it's more just that you're, you know, you're a coach and you want to keep being those guys' coach and, and you brought them there to be part of your program and you want them to stay. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star, with us. Uh, good stuff on IU football. Coach and talk. What? Just I'm hear a coach here. talk about that. Yeah, I was going to say what was refreshing was just to hear a coach talk about that and not, it not be sort of this, like, disguised, thinly disguised complaint. But him just saying, listen, this is the reality. And I knew that if I was going to have a good team in 2023, one of the first things I needed to do after 2022 ended was go secure some of the guys I had on my roster that other programs might want. And, you know, this is a coach who took plenty of transfers this year, so he, he's availed himself of the portal, too. It's just kind of the reality he lives in. Good stuff, Zach. Sorry to cut you off. One, one thing I do want to get to real quick before we let you go uh, I use football schedule. It was also interesting to hear Coach Allen talk about this. It might, I don't want to say get easier. It's always going to be, be the Big Ten. It's always going to be a great football conference and basketball as well. But the addition of USC and also UCLA, I think, could help Indiana in some ways because, as Coach Allen said, it's going to bring more equitable football schedules. Indiana, for the first time in 2024, 
won't have to play Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State for sure in the same division that season. So could things maybe get a little better from a scheduling perspective for Indiana and some of the other teams? I mean, they will. I think I think it, it now that's not to say that there's not going to be some year where Indiana's got Ohio State, USC, and Michigan all on its schedule. You know, and, and um, there are still going to be years where Indiana looks at the schedule and just says, boy, the Big Ten just dealt a, a, a bad hand. But it's, you know, it's, it's, it's almost, I don't know if the word is poetic. It is, you know, it seems fitting in a strange way that Indiana, which it should be said, has actually probably, if you kind of, if you remember where Michigan State was when the divisions were realigned, and Michigan State was very much more, you know, sort of in the class of Ohio State, Michigan. They were competing at the top of the conference. They went to the play over the, the Michigan State, if I'm not mistaken, was the first Big Ten team to actually qualify for the playoff in the playoff era. They went to the Rose Bowl, et cetera. Um, you know, if you remove Michigan State from the equation, Indiana is basically of the other three in the East. Indiana has had probably the most success bumping up against the Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, and then for a time period there, Michigan State sort of, you know, hard ceiling in the East. And obviously, we've talked about in the past, the East has won every single Big Ten championship game. The, you know, no team from the West has ever made the playoffs. I think only one team from the West, top six in the final playoff rankings, maybe two have. But the point is, the Big Ten East has always been, you know, this has been as lopsided a structure as any of the Power Five conferences. And the East has always been incredibly top heavy. Indiana has made it to a bowl game four times in, what is it, either nine or ten years. Um, it has beaten Michigan once. It has beaten Penn State twice. It's beaten Michigan State three times in, in that stretch. So, I, again, I think, if I'm not mistaken, and I'd have to go look at the results to double-check, Indiana's had more success against those four than Maryland or Rutgers, and we're still not talking about a ton of success. And so the, you, you're never going to not have a – you're never going to have a, an easy schedule, quote-unquote, in the Big Ten. That's just the nature of things. But it is sort of fitting or poignant or whatever word you want to use, because if you're an Indiana fan, that next, um, next season Indiana has neither Ohio State nor Michigan on its schedule. So, again, there are going to be years where Indiana has some of these teams and, and a, you know, a bad combination of these teams, but there will also be years where Indiana doesn't. And there's almost an extent to which, and I know Indiana fans don't want to look too far ahead, there's almost an extent to which if you're Indiana, given how young you're going to be this year, if you have a good 2023, it could actually flow into an even better 2024 if you can do some of the right work in you know building and growing yourself and, and pushing things in that direction. Because you think back to that 2019 season, you know that season's built on a four-game stretch. The first four-game stretch in like five years, in which Indiana had none of Ohio State, Michigan, or Penn State, any of them, in conference play. It was at Maryland, Rutgers, at Nebraska, Northwestern. Indiana won all four games, and that was basically, that was when that season took off. Indiana was, I think, 3-2 and at the beginning of that stretch, and they won four games in a row. And, you know, before you you knew it, not only were they bowl eligible, but they secured a winning season, and everything was great. And it's just kind of that the reality is sometimes that's the breaks you need and, and, and Indiana is statistically likely to get more of those breaks here beginning pretty soon. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis star. He's with us Mondays. Zach, thanks. Great stuff on basketball 
and football today. We'll talk with you again next week. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star with us Mondays on the show. I always say this, a great way to, way to begin the week from an IU perspective. Zach has uh, great insights and does a great job as the beat writer for the Hoosiers for the Indianapolis Star. We will head to a commercial break. Thornton's text line still open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Uh, after the break, a little on high school football. Of course, fall sports practices begin today officially. Now, there have been all sorts of football practices and gatherings over the summer, but these are the official practices to get you ready for the season, and uh, it'll be here before you know it. Volleyball should be really good in the area as well, so stay with us. A little fall sports preview and some football talk at the high school level coming up next. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this final segment of our Monday program. No Chad Gilbert today. He'll rejoin us next Monday on the show. But I do want to get into some high school sports. We normally talk local sports in this segment. Looking at the calendar, Friday, August 18th is the start of high school football. So this Friday coming up will be August 4th. When we get to this Friday, we're a week away from official scrimmages on Friday the 11th two weeks away from the official kickoff of the high school football season on August 18th, which is exciting. And then, you know, don't forget lots of other fall sports. We talk a little volleyball on this program because of how good things have been uh, now for a number of years um, in this area. Providence has been the leader, Christian Academy, Silver Creek, Floyd Central's been good. There have been others as well, but those have been the predominant uh, top dogs here in the area. Volleyball gets underway, I think, the weekend, mainly of like Saturday the 12th. That seems to be a lot of local teams' first official match. There are some scrimmages before that uh, coming up uh, here over the next week and a half or so. So we are just about there. Once you get to the season, it just rolls so quickly. You start with week one football before you know it, week four halfway done, week five, and then uh, we're thinking about the postseason. And, of course, when you get to that point, you're really thinking about basketball season as well. High school football, the the big game, we're going to start having the coaches on later in the week. Uh, Silver Creek and Charlestown, that's always a big one to start the year. I'm also curious about some other ones, though, in the first week. Jeffersonville and Whiteland, New Albany has a tough opponent in Franklin, Floyd Central, a really tough opponent with Louisville St. X on the schedule. And then Providence, I was looking at all the schedules over the weekend, trying to think, you know, who maybe has the best chance to, to put together the best record or do some damage. And with Providence now down in 1A sectional 48, dropping down, I guess, what, after uh, this will be their second season in 1A, I believe, uh, they may really have an opportunity. They've got a good schedule set up. They'll be challenged, but uh, – I think Providence could be one of the top teams. Also looking forward to seeing Charlestown quarterback Clay McClelland. I think he's going to be one of the better QBs in the area 
this year. There's always some surprises or some transfers and move-ins and things of that nature also. So I'm sure we'll learn more about that uh, in the coming weeks as well. But it's almost here, uh, Friday Night Lights, and uh, a lot of fun. Of course, uh, we'll see if we get a team that can put a good season together, make a run in the tournament in the postseason. It doesn't always happen in this area when it comes to high school football. But so many other fall sports, you know, volleyball, as I mentioned, has been really good. Uh, other sports as well. It seems like year in and year out we have uh, some sports, tennis, uh, soccer, uh, of course, joining volleyball and football, and uh, some golf as well. In the fall is fall sports that uh, really occupy a lot of time here during this point of the calendar. A couple other notes uh, to look ahead to. Uh, we'll be with you every day this week, uh, you know, live in the 11 o'clock hour on the Big X. If you can't make the live show, you can always find us as a podcast. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us there. Uh, always glad to have you, no matter how you listen to us. Uh, but the podcast is available for you on demand. If you miss a segment or miss a show and want to hear uh, all about IU basketball, some football, and local sports as well. That's going to wrap things up for this Monday program. Have a great Monday afternoon and evening. We will be back with you Tuesday at 11 a.m. On Tuesday's show, we'll be joined by Mike Schumann of The Daily Hoosier for uh, more on IU basketball and football. Don't forget, coming up later in the week, we begin our preseason interviews with high school football coaches across the area to get you set for the upcoming season. Have a great Monday. Back with you Tuesday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Mm-hmm.